السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد الله سبحانه وتعالى إن القرآن سقل أوحي إلي أنه استمع نفر من الجن وقالوا إن سمعنا قرآنا عجبا that there was a group of jinn that came to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and just as the way the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam had humans that he had guided they were jinnati guided as well and a little bit of understanding who the jinnatu are Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the jinnats before he created the humans the first creation that we know that Allah has created was the angels and the malaika that we know of and after that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the jinnat and the jinnat were created from fire so the angels were created from nur and the jinnat were created from nar now nur is spelled noon waw ra and nar is spelled noon alif ra so from the three letters, Noon and Ra are the same in Noor and Nar. However, for Noor, there is a Wow. So you have a, a little circle, the humbled letter. And then in Nar, you have an Alif that is sticking up. So the ones that are made of Noor, they have a humbling quality in them. And the ones who have Nar have an arrogant quality in them. That is why there are two types of light. People who are being attracted to other individuals. You're either being attracted to their nur, their humility, or the nar that they possess, the fire. Fire in itself has this unique concept that a person is, um, is intrigued by it. They like looking at it. They, are, uh, they, they want proximity, but they don't want to go inside. But it has this attractive quality. And that is what the shayateen and the jinnat use. However, Allah blessed them with intelligence, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah blessed them with strength, but Allah took their intelligence away. That is why the smartest jinn is of the, of the IQ of a 10-year-old. They're not that brilliant, they're not that intelligent, but Allah had given them strength. Allah first sent them on earth, but then they fought each other. They were doing, they were mischievous because they were like little kids. Imagine you give little kids a lot of power and a lot of strength. They just become very spoiled. So they were like spoiled children. They were fighting, killing each other. And then Allah sends an army of angels to eradicate them from the earth. And Shaytan, at that time, he was known as Iblis. He was in that army that eradicated those jinns. At that time, some jinns hid in mountains and they hid in holes. And whatever jinns that we have today are descendants of those jinns that have survived. It is my opinion and my opinion, I haven't seen anyone else have this opinion, and I'm sure others may have, but I haven't come across it. It is my opinion that the dinosaurs that existed in the earlier days were the jinnat that Allah speaks about that were sent inside on earth first. Now the dinosaurs had no, the, the jinnat had no human being to replicate or to resemble, right? They only saw the animals around themselves. So they just became ferocious or a more ferocious version of those animals. Or perhaps they used their own uh, mentality to uh, be and, and, and be this ferocious creature because it was all about strength, it was all about adaption. And this was my, uh, my, my opinion in the matter. So now, from the jinns, there are some jinns that can fly. There are some jinns that can uh, 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 be the, 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 there are some jinns that can transform. Not every jinn can transform, and not every jinn can fly. Not every jinn has all these unique abilities, but certain jinns do. Allah gives them that ability in a finite amount, in a certain amount. Now they feed on their ability to do these things and these actions. Just imagine like you're playing a video game, and the video game has this like bar, right? Before you do your special move. So these jinnat, they get their ability to do their special moves by one of two ways. Number one, 
either through shaitani or satanic amal. And this shaitani or satanic amal inspires them, motivates them, and they are able to, what this person, for example, they'll tell a person that if you drink urine or if you take blood and you drink it or you take blood and urine and you, and you desecrate a uh, holy scripture of God, then we will do X and Y, Z thing for you and we will do it for you. So when that person does those actions in obedience to that shaitan, Allah as a fitna gives them that ability and that opportunity to do certain things for that individual. And it is my opinion, Allah knows best, that a lot of these individuals, how they just become, they just, they get the startup fund of hundreds and millions of dollars out of middle of nowhere. You know, we always ask if you have a jinn, why don't the jinn just go grab money and bring it? Well, imagine you just see people who from the middle of nowhere are getting hundreds and millions of funding uh, for their project or for their, uh, for their tool. And I mean, if you think about it, governments could obviously replicate the small project or program, whether it was Facebook or it was Tesla or anything, governments could obviously easily replicate it if they want, but they don't for some reason. And they allow it to flourish in its own manner. Um, and it's, 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 it's to understand that shaitan or the jinnah take a back seat on these influences we see around us is, is being very naive, right? Shaitan is not just sitting idly by. Uh, and just waiting for the world to move on. He's at work 24-7. Ramadan comes, he gets chained up. But besides that, he's sitting there working for 11 months straight. And he's working for thousands of years to try to misguide us. Now, going back to the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ met the jinns few times. Once in Medina Munawwara, once in Makkah Mukarramah. And there's an area in Makkah called Wadiul Jinn. The, 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 the Masjidul Jinn. The, the, the Masjid of Jinnat. And it is said that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam drew a circle around Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu uh, uh, anhu and he told him, do not exit the circle regardless of what happens. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam went and conversed with the jinnat at that time, gave them da'wah and a lot of them became Muslim. The Prophet is sent to the humans and to the jinnat as well, to both creation, not just one creation. So now Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu relates this and this incident happens in Madinah to Manawara as well. We understand from here that there is a way of a person having certain control over a jinn. And there is a wadifa that some people say Allah knows how, uh, how effective it is. That if a person draws a circle and reads an, a certain thing uh, 41 times or, uh, or an X amount of times and does a certain action, then, uh, then a, you, you will have the ability to control a jinn. Now Allah knows best how accurate this is, how true this is. Some people who have done this have, have quoted this uh, uh, incident to myself. However, they mentioned that when you begin the amal and you, you go and you draw the circle, as long as you're in that circle, you're safe. However, they say that you will see in front of you, you will see visions of the most, uh, the, the most horrific scenes that a person can imagine trying to get you out of that circle. It could be from seeing your own children being slaughtered or your parents being in jeopardy or seeing someone that you love going into an accident, but you have to have that mental conscience, right? Because you can't differentiate between reality and, 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 and what is reality and what is not reality what is fake and what is an illusion. So this is how the jinnat use this uh, uh, element. Now, the good jinnat, what they do, there's two ways. Number one is that if a, a bad jinn was succumbed and held in control and then converted and made into a good person, that jinn would generally obey that individual. Number two, I had a friend who was very, very good uh, when it came to jinnat and eradicating jinnat. I remember that uh, I was sitting with him one time and there was a girl who came and she said she suffered jinn issues. What would happen with her is that she would go to sleep and she would see herself looking at herself sleeping. And this would happen numerous times. So she went and she spoke to him. And when she spoke to him, even I did not know anything about this, right? I was sitting right there and he goes to her. He says, do you have anything on the left side? Is there a, is there a black spot on the left side? And she said, yes, there's a black spot. And he said that, uh, and. Well, she had cancer, she had a certain uh, uh, sickness. 
And he said that was done uh, by a jinn who has fallen in love with you. A lot of people who post on social media, right? And they post their pictures and they post these things. Even a jinn can give you nazar and even a jinn can be addicted to you. And even a jinn can be a stalker. I mean, imagine you with a, with, uh, with, with a jinn version in it, right? That's just creepy on a different level. Um, and the, there's a hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu that when a person goes to the bathroom, the jinnat, they thrive in the toilet. A lot of you just sit there and you're on your phone the whole time. The jinnat, they come and they and they uh, metaphorically or in their elemental world, they, they play with an individual while that person is, their satar is uncovered and they're inside the bathroom. Unless that person reads the dua and the dua is, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-hubthi wal-khaba'ith. When a person reads that dua, then the jinns don't have the ability. There's another narration that says when a person enters the home, jinnat are stalked in your ceiling. They're waiting for you in their ceiling. But when you enter and you say, Assalamu alaikum, or you mention Allah's name, that's when the jinnat say that today we don't have a place here and we don't have nothing to do here. We have to leave from here. But if a person doesn't say that, then the jinn exist and the jinn stay. They're there in your food and they're there. They're there whispering things in your ears and trying to cause fights and problems inside the house because that's where jinns thrive. They thrive when there is discord cord. Uh, shaitan every single day, he goes and he has a throne on the water and he goes and he takes a account of the jinns and he says, what did you do? One jinn says, well, I made someone steal. And he's like, all right, that's great. Another says, well, I made someone do, uh, I made someone lie. He's like, okay, that's great. Another says, oh, well, you know what? I made this person uh, watch up uh, pornography. Okay, that's great. And then one guy says that, well, I caused a fight between the spouse, a husband and a wife, or I caused a fight between two friends. And Shaitan gets up from his throne and then he hugs that individual, kisses them, that jinn on the forehead and says, you did the best action. Because creating animosity and hate amongst each other is the amal of Shaitan, is the action of Shaitan to cause dissension inside the hearts, to cause separation inside the hearts. This doesn't mean that you have to always forget what someone has done. You can forgive them and still keep your distance with them. But when a person completely cuts people off and a person does not leave any room for even forgiveness, that is a satanic influence in that situation. So now, going back on uh, the jinnat and the shayateen, uh, there was an incident in the time of the Prophet Sallallahu I told you I'll tell you some stories of jinnat uh, before I finish off the tafsir of the other verses, inshallah. Tomorrow's our last day and tomorrow we'll have a khatam dua as well, inshallah. So the Jinnat and the Shayateen, uh, there was an incident where there was a young Sahabi, it was the Battle of the Trench, and he said, Ya Rasulullah, uh, I just got married and you know, I'm, I'm straight thinking about my girl left and right. Like, I, can I go and check her? Can I go like, you know, take a quickie, like go just go see her? And Rasulullah so like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. Like, uh, you're, you're a lovebird, go ahead. So he goes and he goes to, uh, he goes to see his wife in, in, by his home and he sees her standing outside. So he's thinking, he, he, he starts tripping out that where, who's my wife talking to? Who's she looking at? You know, that's the first thing that goes to your mind. And she says that, wait, hold on. There's something inside the house. There's a snake inside the house. And she's not talking about some, her in-laws or something. She's like, there's a snake inside the house. And uh, uh, that's why I'm standing outside. So he goes and he takes his spear. He goes inside the house and he throws the spear and he kills the snake. And as he pierces the snake and he's throwing the snake outside of his house, the snake comes and uh, uh, yes, you can sing the nasheed. Just wait till the end and I'll give you some time to sing the nasheed, inshallah. Uh, he goes and he stabs the, the, the snake and the hadith says that as he's going outside the house, the snake comes and it bites him. And the hadith says, we don't know which one died first, the snake or the individual itself. 
And then later on, when this was brought to the Prophet wasallam, the Prophet wasallam said, they said, Ya Rasulullah, can you ask Allah to give him life again? The Prophet wasallam said, no. But don't you know that these animals, some of them can replicate jinns. It could be your cat. It could be your, uh, it could be a insect at your home. It could be any of these things that, that could be a jinn inside your own home, right? You wouldn't even know that this is a jinn if you don't take the proper precautions. So the Prophet wasallam says the dua, he says that tell the jinn that I ask you with the promise and trust of Sulaiman salam that if you're a jinn, exit from the house and say this three times. If the jinn leaves, if the animal or creature leaves, it was a jinn. But if it doesn't leave, that means it was not a jinn. The Prophet said, don't just go and attack something without actually knowing it. This brings me to another incident. I heard this hadith from Hazrat uh, Muftisa, who heard from Sheikh Amin Gul, who heard from Sheikh Mullah Hassan, who heard from Sheikh Tanaullah, uh, who heard from uh, Shai Ishaq, who heard from Shah Abdul Aziz. Uh, who heard from Shah Waliullah to Shah Ahlullah, Shah Abdul Aziz to Shah Ahlullah, right? There are different, different chains to this narration. There's a narration that is fabricated through the chains of men uh, and women. It is called That if a person takes a form other than their form and someone accidentally kills them, their blood is forgiven. This hadith is fabricated through the chain of mankind, right? Men and women, this hadith is fabricated. However, there's an interesting incident of Shah Ahlullah that he was sitting one day and he was chilling and reclining and there was a snake around him and he went and he killed the snake. The next day it was the time of the Mughal Empire and the Shah family was very close to the Mughal family. They Aurangzeb was the uh, king of that time and Shah Ahlullah Shah Waliullah were instrumental in the creation of Fatawa Alamgiriya the 500 scholars that were drafted to create the Fatwa book. These were they, they were close to the to the royal family. So then a group of guards came to Shah Ahlullah the next day and they said, "Look, we have to take you to the court." And he's like, "Okay, it was normal for them to go visit the court." However, he was taking them to a different route and he went through the through the through the fort and as he goes to the forest, he sees this huge structure. And then Shah Ahlullah is like, okay, wait, this doesn't make sense because like this wasn't, uh, uh, this isn't, this isn't here. However, he goes inside and he sees a whole room full of individuals and everyone is yelling, yelling and screaming and they're like, murderer, murderer, qatil, qatil, murderer. And, and there's a whole panel of Jerry that's sitting over there and he gets put down and he sits, sits down and they say, you killed one of our brothers. He said, what are you talking about? They said, yesterday my brother was a snake and he was... Um, he was, he was going around you and you killed him out of, uh, uh, for no reason. Therefore, we want your blood in return and we're going to make the judgment here. So then the man says that, well, there is a narration. That whosoever turns and whosoever alters their formation and, and they cannot be recognized and someone accidentally kills them, their blood is forgiven. And they started yelling and saying that, oh, we've never heard of this. Oh, this is not accurate. This is not true. And there was this elderly man. It is said about him that his, he was so old that his eyebrows were overlapping his own eyes he goes and he hits the table and there was pin drop silence and then he picks his eyebrow up and he says سَمِعْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ يَقُولِ مَنْ تَزَيَّ بِغَيْرِ زِيِّهِ فَدَمْهُ حَدْرٌ he says I heard the Prophet وسلم, say this and Shahullah was let go. And Shahullah claimed that that man was a Sahabi, a jinn from the Prophet. Obviously, this doesn't change the hadith. The hadith is still fabricated, right? We don't accept it through this angle uh, because it's not verified. But it's an incident, it's an incident, right? It's a jinn story. It's not like it's Quran hadith or something uh, that we're relaying. Anyway, uh, I'll end off with the last personal jinn story before I go on to some tafsir, right? This is enough jinn stories for all you guys today. Uh, I have my jinn sessions in. Uh, in um, October, Halloween time. So we'll, we'll, we'll do our stories that time. Anyway, uh, 
I was in Chicago and uh, I was really close to the MSA that time. And when I was, uh, there were some uh, youngsters there, we were close friends and they said, Mufti Wasim, let's go to an abandoned home and let's go check it out. And I was like, okay, we'll go check it out, right? So we went to this abandoned home and it was just, the trees were too, like as far as, as high as you can see, right? It was just, it was, it was literally abandoned. Everything was boarded up. And so we started going through and we had our flashlight on. And as we're walking on, um, I see two translucent figures come before me. So I got scared and I turned back and I see this other black uh, individual, uh, a black shaped individual that was very, very, very tall and very high. And uh, I, at that moment, I realized that the jinns would not harm us. Um, we read our du'as, the kids tripped out a little bit and I was like, you know what, let's continue, right? Let's carry on going. We went inside the house and there was literally satanic signs on the home. I still have pictures of it. There were satanic symbols and uh, jars that seemed like they had either urine or something inside it. It, it. it was a weird home. The next day, one of the boys tells uh, his friends who told me, he said, since last night, I feel like someone is sitting on my head the whole time. So uh, he asked me, he said, Mufti Wasim, what happened? You know, what's, what's, what's the situation that this guy say? And I was like, yeah, I saw some figure behind him, behind, you know, behind him when he was standing, I saw a big figure behind him. So either I told him or he did it himself. He did wudu and he did ghusl and he went to pray Fajr Salah. He says when he went to wipe his head, that is when he felt as if that burden was removed from his head. When he wiped it, it's, it, it, it felt like the burden was removed and the effect of it was removed from there. Anyway, there's a ton of jinn stories we can say, but uh, going on to some serious stuff now, right? The seed of the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this surah, there is surah Qiyamah. In surah Qiyamah, Allah says, Balil insanu ala nafsihi basira walau alqa ma'adhira. Allah says every individual knows their own problems and their own situation and their own weaknesses. You know what you are doing. You can sit there, blame other people. You can go and make excuses about why your life is like this or life is like that. But you know your own actions and you know what you've done yourself. And then Allah says, No matter what excuses you bring up, you want to blame your struggles in your school onto your family, your parents, your this, your that. There were people who were given less opportunity and accomplished more. You, if you become an individual who will make excuses, you'll make excuses your entire life. If you're a driven individual and you say that, well, I'm going to get this done with the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no matter how daunting the task is ahead of you, you will end up and you will accomplish that task, right? You will end up and you will accomplish it. The second thing that I want to mention is in Surah Mudathir, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, This word is a palindrome. Whether you go one side or backwards, it's the exact same word. Rabbaka ra ba kaf fa kaf ba ra ra ba kaf fa kaf ba ra. Right? It goes backwards and forward. Rabbaka fakabir. And this is a unique word in the Quran because it's, it shows us that your Lord praise him at all times. As we are exiting this Ramadan, reflect on your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Have you made a new best friend? As this Ramadan is ending, have you made your have you have you become friends with Allah again? 
Have you mended your relationship with Allah? We spend lifetimes trying to mend relationship with other people, but we only need to mend our relationship with one individual, one being. And the Prophet ﷺ says that when Allah loves someone, Nada Jibreel, He calls Jibreel alayhi salam, Fayakululahu, Ana Ahibu Fulanan, Fa'ahibhu, O Jibreel, I love so and so, you also must love this person. So Jibreel alayhi salam goes to all the malaika, the billions and trillions of angels, and says, Inna Allah Yuhibu Fulanan, Allah loves so and so, says your name there. And then he says, I love that person as well, you must all love that person as well. And they all love that individual. Then the Malaika descend on the earth and then they spread the love of that person into the hearts of other individuals. And that is why you see that even in jokes and even in just comments, people will say the reality about you, right? Even in jokes, they'll talk about your reality. And when a person is connected to Allah, there is, there, there is nothing that that person does or can do that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't keep the love of that person in the hearts of other individuals. He embeds their heart and people are naturally intrigued by that individual. And when Allah hates somebody, Allah calls Jibreel and he says, I hate so and so, you must hate him as well. Jibreel goes and tells all the malaika and all the angels and says, I hate so and so because Allah hates so and so, you must all hate so and so. And then the angels descend on earth and then put the hatred of that person into the hearts of individuals. So if you see that things are not working out around you, ask yourself, the way you want people to treat you, how are you with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The way you want people to respond to your message, how do you respond to Allah's salah? The way you want people to read your messages and talk to you, how much do you read the kitab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? When you abandon the creator, do you think the creation will become yours? When you abandon the creator, the khaliq Allah, do you think the creation will be yours and mine? No, it won't be yours and mine. So lastly, Finishing off with this, Abu Dhar Ghifari radiallahu anhu was sitting down with the Prophet sallallahu and the Prophet sallallahu said, Ya Abu Dhar, inna Allah yusallim alayk. Allah sends his salam upon you. And Abu Dhar is shocked, right? Jibreel alayhi salam came and said, Oh Muhammad, tell Abu Dhar that Allah is giving his salam. And Jibreel alayhi salam, when he says this to the Prophet, the Prophet is surprised and he says, Does Allah really recognize Abu Dhar like this so uniquely that he is sending his salam from the throne all the way to the earth? And Jibreel responded and he said, The man is more popular in the heavens than he is on earth. Today we have a following of tens and thousands of people or we desire those types of followings. Who are the followers that are behind us? We're gonna be questioned about these followers. There are people who disobey Allah. There are people who turn away from Allah. Now that they follow us, it is our responsibility to bring them closer to Allah. If we use our snap or our platform, whether it's 10 people or a thousand people or a hundred people or 2000, doesn't matter how many people they are. Everyone who follows you on the day of judgment will have a claim against you that Ya Allah, this person was in my life. They did not help me. They did not motivate me. They did not get me closer to you. If the barra Allah says when the leaders, the people who are followed will say, we don't want to have nothing to do with our following. We were unknown. We didn't want this stuff. We didn't want to be around them because their sins are being tossed on our shoulders. Their sins are being tossed on our back. And when the followers will see that the people that they tried to imitate, the jerseys they tried to 
wear, the haircut that they tried to imitate, the dance moves and the looks they tried to imitate, that on the day of judgment they are that every person will abandon another person, that they will say, Ya Allah, I lived a life trying to be like this person, and in my time of need this person has ditched me. May Allah give them double the adab. They will say this to their parents, they will say this to their friends, they will say this to their squads, they will say this to their teammates, they will say this to their friends and their close spouses. They will say, May Allah give them double the adab. And Allah will say, Both of you have double the adab, but you don't recognize and you don't understand. Anyway, inshallah, now we'll do some dua and uh, make some dua for some of our friends as well, inshallah. Tomorrow's the last day. Hafiz Abdul Bari. We'll make dua for Hafiz Abdul Bari. Faraj. We'll make dua for Faraj. Hafiz Abdul Bari, Faraj. And uh, Hafiz Talha. Three of us, inshallah. Allahumma laka alhamduka ma yambaghi li jalani wajhika wa azimi sultanik. اللهم إنا نسألك الهدى والتقى والعفاف والغنى اللهم اغفر لجميع المسلمين اللهم اشف مرضانا ومرض المسلمين اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعا وارنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابا اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان واجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم إنك تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم أجرنا من النار اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم يا الله forgive our major and minor sins Ya Allah, have rahman and karam upon us. Ya Allah, forgive the sins we did knowingly and forgive the sins we did unknowingly. Ya Allah, forgive the sins we did with when we when we were in your worship, Ya Allah, and when we were out of your worship. Ya Allah, forgive the sins we did in Ramadan and the worship, sins that we did outside of Ramadan. Ya Allah, we have drenched ourselves in sins. Ya Allah, we have drowned ourselves in sins. Ya Allah, not a day goes by that we see something haram or we say something haram or we do something haram. Ya Allah, what will we do in our graves when our sins are recounted before us? Ya Allah, what will we do on the day of judgment when our sins are brought before us? Ya Allah, the music we listen to, the zina we do of our eyes, the zina we do of our hands, the zina we do of our bodies. Ya Allah, we have turned so far away from you. Ya Allah, we take your blessings and then with the same blessings, the same beauty you have given us, we use it to disobey you. The same strength you have given us, we use it to disobey you. The same physique you gave us, we use it to disobey you. Ya Allah, the ears you give us, we use it to disobey you. Ya Allah, the feet you give us, we use it to disobey you. Ya Allah, we have run so far away from you. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, in this blessed night, the possibility of tonight being Laylatul Qadr. But Ya Allah, you don't need any night to forgive us. Ya Allah, you just need a moment of us turning towards you. Ya Allah, we make a firm intention. Ya Allah, we make a firm intention that we're going to stop all of our sins. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, we make a firm intention that we're no longer going to commit sins. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, we're doing Toba to you. Ya Allah, we're doing Toba for our major and minor sins. And Ya Allah, you have promised 
that when my servant thinks of me, that's how it will be. Ya Allah, we think you have forgiven us. Ya Allah, you th- we think you have forgiven us. Ya Allah, we think you have forgiven us. Ya Allah, don't let us leave from this moment. Don't let us stand up from our seats. Ya Allah, don't let us get up. Ya Allah, don't let us move a muscle without you forgiving us. Ya Allah, become ours. We lived a life away from you. Ya Allah, every desire, every love that we have given has broken and has been shattered and has come back to us. Ya Allah, there's no one else left but you now, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us the opportunity to truly love you, to genuinely love you. Ya Allah, to truly become yours, to become your friend. Ya Allah, make us your follower. Ya Allah, make us amongst those who are constantly thinking of you. Ya Allah, we prayed in this month, let our entire life be like Ramadan. Ya Allah, the sweetness that we taste in this Ramadan, let us be addicted to the sweetness. Ya Allah, don't make us commit sin. Ya Allah, don't allow us to commit sins after this. Ya Allah, don't let shaitan have a part in our lives. Ya Allah, give us the ability to repel shaitan. Our bad habits, Ya Allah, our habits that are inner bad habits that we do in the darkness of our lives. Ya Allah, break those bad habits of ours. Ya Allah, Bless our parents, give them a long and healthy life. Ya Allah, put their shade above us for a long time. Ya Allah, our children and our family, give them guidance and hidayah. Put love in our family, make our homes peaceful. Ya Allah, give our parents health and shifa. Those whose parents have passed away, fill their graves with nur. Those whose grandparents have passed away, or, or family members or friends have passed away, fill their graves with nur. Ya Allah, our teachers that have passed away, Ya Allah, they have done so much for us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, they have done so much for us, Ya Allah. Our Ustad Mufti Sayyid Sahib, Marna Budanya, Allah Khalid Bahbun. Ya Allah, Bunhur Ziyabai. Ya Allah, all of these people who have done good for us, Ya Allah, forgive their sins. You allowed them to come to you in Ramadan. Ya Allah, allow us to also die in Ramadan in the city of Rasulullah Sallallahu in Medina and be buried in Bari. Ya Allah, let us go for Hajj this year. Ya Allah, let us go for Ya Allah, let us go for us this year. Ya Allah, bless us with another Ramadan in the masjid. Ya Allah, you're angry with us. Ya Allah, you're upset with us. You have the right to be upset. Ya Allah, we're weak. We're broken. But we're yours, Ya Allah. We're your Ummati. We're your Nabi's Ummati. We're your Habib's Ummati, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, don't turn us away. Ya Allah, our youngsters in our community, guide them, Ya Allah, keep them on the right path. Fill their lives with happiness and nur. Any mistake we've done or offended them, forgive us for that. Put it in their heart to forgive us, Ya Allah. Our friend Hafiz Abdul Bari, fill his life with nur and happiness. Make him successful wherever he goes and make him a walking, talking Quran. Ya Allah, our friend Faraj, he has a clean heart, Ya Allah. Always keep his heart clean. Keep him on the right path. Allow him to, Ya Allah, find happiness in his life. Ya Allah, give him love wherever he goes. Give him respect and honor wherever he goes. Make him successful in the dunya and the akhirah. Ya Allah, bless him with memorizing the Qur'an. Ya Allah, he surrounds himself with hafaz. Make him amongst the hafaz as well, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, open his heart and make him attached to you. Ya Allah, make him love you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, one of my closest friends and students, Hafiz Talha. Ya Allah, you know the muhabbat and love we have for your sake, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill his life with happiness. Give him all the happiness in every moment, in every inch of his life, Ya Allah. In every moment, in every turn of his life. Ya Allah, fill his heart with nur. Ya Allah, make the Qur'an flow from his tongue like a river flows. 
Ya Allah, bless him with dreams of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Give him raha in his home. Give him sukoon in his home. Ya Allah, in his future, in his mustaqbal, in his career, in his spouse, in his children, Ya Allah, give him peace and contentment. Ya Allah, give him so much happiness, Ya Allah. He put smiles on other people's face, Ya Allah. Make him always amongst those people that brings happiness to other people. Make him a guide in our community. Make him a leader in the community. Ya Allah, protect his iman and faith. Protect him from all bad habits and addictions. Ya Allah, our sister Zaybai. Ya Allah, all the support she gives and all the work that she does for the community. Ya Allah, bless her with a long and healthy life. Ya Allah, bless her with being raised with the mothers of the believers. Ya Allah, give her sukoon in her life. Give her happiness. Ya Allah, make her children the coolness of her eyes. Ya Allah, Naeem Bhai, give him a long and healthy life. Hafiz Fahad, Zaid. Yasir, all the kids at home, Ya Allah, give them, bless them, fill their life with the nur. Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Yisifun. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi 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 w